Hello, this is Michael Felsher once again doing a little impromptu movie review here. I did one a couple days ago for Prometheus for the uh, uh, midnight show opener for that movie. And uh, it was my intention tonight to go back and see Prometheus again. And I still intend to. I'll probably end up doing it tomorrow or maybe Monday. But I found myself in sort of an odd mood tonight, and so I wanted to try something a little bit different and something a little bit lighter and cheerier and just kind of fun. It's just, you know, more of an escapist kind of fun type of experience. And uh, it just so happens this is also the opening weekend uh, for Madagascar 3, and I believe these, the subtitle is Europe's Most Wanted or something to that effect. And so I've decided to catch a late screening or as late as I can screening of uh, Madagascar 3 here at the Imagine Royal Oak. It's about uh, 9.50 when it starts, so i got about 10-15 minutes here before I have to be in there. And uh, you might be wondering why I would go to see Madagascar 3, but the truth of the matter is, is I'm a huge animation fan. I've been an animation fan ever since I was a kid, and never really grown out of it, and I've actually, you know, animated films are, are of such a wide variety, to lump them all in under just sort of kids' entertainment, I think, has always been a big mistake that a lot of people make. I'm like the biggest Pixar fan you'll ever find, and I just think their films are works of art. Uh, Studio Ghibli from Japan with Miyazaki, I love those movies, I love the classic Disney films, I like a lot of what DreamWorks Animation is doing, and, and Madagascar is in fact one of their productions. Um, so I, I go to see pretty much everything that's animated that's out there, unless it's something that really doesn't interest me, either from a story level or just from a, a, a technique level, like uh, some of that mocap stuff that Zemeckis does a lot of, like the Polar Express. I, I got I got better things to do than watch a bunch of dead-eyed mannequin kids run around. I'm sorry, I just I have never been a fan of that, and uh, I didn't see Polar Express, or I tried to watch it and I just couldn't get through it. And I haven't seen any of the ones he's done after that, just because as soon as I look at this ultra... It's, it's trying so hard to be realistic that it's actually missing the mark entirely for me. So, But that's a whole other rant for a whole other time. So, But the, the main point is, is I like to see all sorts of animated movies, and I would classify Madagascar as a cartoon. This is basically just a cartoon. This is... There's nothing... This is, this is surface-level stuff we're talking about here. It's meant to be just... Fun, enjoyable family entertainment with some uh, with some decided wit involved. Uh, you know, some really nice you know characters. A lot of very colorful visuals, but there's nothing much to you know. There's not a whole lot to to look under the surface with these things. Now, the, I enjoyed the first Madagascar, which is basically about a bunch of uh, bunch of zoo animals who want to break out of the zoo and travel back to Africa and you know enjoy their freedom. And it was fun. I thought it was well done. The voices are all good. Ben Stiller, Chris Rock, Jada Pinkett Smith, David Schwimmer. They all did a really wonderful job. The, the penguins have become kind of stars on their own because they're sort of like these uh, madcap evil geniuses. But they're, they're still good characters. But they're, they're, you know, they're masters of technology and they can get themselves out of any kind of situation. They're kind of like smart Alec James Bond characters. They're really kind of clever. And then there's also another character that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen plays. Like for the life of me, I can't remember what kind of animal he is, whether he's a lemur or a, or some other kind of animal. But he's like you know this king that they he thinks he's the king of this this you know it's a it's amazing. This actually goes to 
the, the problem I have with the Madagascar films is that, like, I'm trying to remember these characters and what their place in the stories are, and I can't really remember because the movies don't stick with me very long. Um, I saw the first Madagascar, and I enjoyed it. It, was, it never bored me. But the problem with Madagascar 1, and especially number 2, is that they, they tend to mistake manic for funny. There's a lot of activity going on, a lot of physical stuff, a couple of really witty ideas, and then they drop it and they quickly move to something else, and then they, you know, it's just like a lot of bursts of really insane behavior. And just because it's busy and just because it's frenetic and just because there's a lot going on doesn't necessarily translate into something funny. And so a lot of it just, it never really, and, and I can remember sitting through the first and, and, and the second Madagascar movie to a lesser extent, just kind of like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Ah, that's, that's funny. No belly laughs, nothing really that was like, oh, wow, that was amazing. Which is fine, but they never hit any real super high points for me. So you might ask why I'd be back for the third one. Well, they are in pleasant enough ways to, to uh, and they leave a better impression with me after not having seen one for a while, because I keep thinking, oh yeah, those were fun, and then I always end up seeing the next one and be like, oh, that's right, these aren't as good as I keep thinking that they should be. Um, I mean, I saw Madagascar 2, I don't remember when it came out, it was a few years ago. The thing is, I have no memory of the movie whatsoever. I know I saw it, I have a ticket stub for it, but I, I don't remember what the hell happened in that movie. I cannot tell you for one scene that happened in it. And yet I know I saw it, so it's like... I guess I'm just in the mood for something quite a, a, a cheap, quick, disposable piece of entertainment tonight, and this will fit the bill. Um, I'm not really expecting much of it. I don't even really know what Madagascar 3 is about. From what I can tell from the trailer, they're in Africa, and they want to get back to New York. They've decided that they've had enough of of living in Africa. They want to go back home to New York, and at some point they obviously must go through Europe. Looks like there's some casino action at one point, and it looks like there's some other stuff. Maybe in I don't know. And at some point, they, it looks like they do get back to New York. I can almost tell you exactly what the plot of this thing is going to be before I even go in. They're going to meet up with some people. There's going to be some new characters, and they're going to they're going to get back to New York. And my guess is, and this is just a guess at this point, they're going to discover that they rather enjoy life outside of the zoo rather than being back in the zoo, that they've been wanting to go back, but they realize you can't go home again or some shit like that. Because with these movies, I, it's, it's almost never about the destination. It's about the journey. If you have, cause you, you can, you can guess the plots of these things even before you go into the theater. So, and this is all just based on clues I get from the trailer and also just from the title alone. I mean, you can almost figure out, it's like, okay, well, you know, this is the the standard course these movies take. But we'll see what happens. I'm I'm hoping it's entertaining enough. But I'm really not expecting uh, anything uh, earth-shattering at this point. So we'll see, and uh, I'll give a report here in... Uh, I don't think the movie's probably about 90 minutes long, and the trailers won't be that long either. So probably in about two hours, I will uh, have another report. And uh last thing I'm going to say is, and this is just a minor complaint, a minor complaint, I really do wish that more movie theaters, especially in this area, in Detroit, would play some of the more supposed family entertainment films or the animated films later in the evening than, say, 9.50. Uh, 
the problem with that is, is that there's a lot of adults, and I'm not the only one, who would like to see these movies at showings where there's a good chance not a lot of kids are going to show up. Like, I would never see Madagascar 3 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. It wouldn't even occur to me to do that. Because then if I go and there's a bunch of screaming kids, I have really only myself to blame for that. But it's 9.50. I don't think that's really even late enough. I'm sure there's going to be some dumbass parents who are still going to be dragging their kids out the door at 9.50 at night. And I'm, when I'm talking kids, I'm meaning like 8, 9 years old. Even less than that. Kids who have no business being in a theater at 9.50 at night. But they're probably going to be here tonight. They're probably going to piss me off. But this was the latest screening I could get. I would have much rather gone to a midnight show tonight or one that like starts at 11.30. But they don't, they don't any, there are no theaters within a reasonable driving distance of my house that is showing this film any later than like 10.15. And I, I, and I, that, I don't get that. And they're still showing other movies at midnight like Prometheus and Men in Black and some of the other stuff, but they've cut off all Madagascar screenings, even the 3D showings. Uh, at like 10 o'clock. They won't show them after that. So there's really no other option for me. I mean, I guess I could wait during the middle of the week and go see it, but I'm in the mood to see it now, so I want to see the latest screening I can so I can avoid the annoying kid element as much as possible. But, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there who would much rather see this movie later like I would. And it's this is a ha- hip-happening t- uh, area of town here on Royal Oak, so there's plenty of people out here past midnight. In fact, there's midnight screenings going at the other theater in the parking lot of this theater, the the landmark main. So I don't know. It's a minor, it's a minor bitch, but you know, I, I do wish that they would do later screenings of this movie for those of us who just would, and under, understandably so, want to avoid the, the, the screaming kid problem, which is not really the screaming kids problem. It's the parents who bring the screaming kid into the theater in the first place. I have no problem with a well-behaved kid because that means the parent's doing something right. And if I keep going on about this, I'm going to miss the movie. So I'm going to say thank you very much. And if you care to listen to my reaction to Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, uh, tune in here after the break and you will hear what I have to say about it. And uh, I have to go. Bye-bye. gentlemen, here we are. I've just left Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted, and uh, wasn't a very long movie, as I suspected. So, uh, I, 
it's, you know, it's funny. This was a, a kind of a surprise to me. I was not expecting that much when I went into it. And I gotta say, this is clearly the best of the Madagascar movies, and I'll get to why in a minute. But it's interesting to me that how many of my predictions going in were both right and kind of off the mark at the same time. The, uh, the film, again, as I said before, it starts off, especially the first 20 minutes or so, which deal with the animals trying to get out of Africa, <laughs> out of Africa, and trying to get out of Africa and trying to get back to New York. Their first stop is Monte Carlo, where the penguins are, of course, gambling and making a fortune. And then there's this whole thing where they have to get out of Monte Carlo, then they're on the run. And the rest of the movie after that is spent with them trying to get back you know, through a long journey through Europe, through to uh, London, and then across the uh, Atlantic to New York. Now, the first 20 minutes of the movie or so are exactly like the other two Madagascar movies. A lot of frenetic action, a lot of quick dialogue, some of it clever, some of it not that clever, and it's just not that funny. And quite frankly, my heart kind of sank a little bit because I, I just felt like, oh, well, this is going to be just like the other two movies, and it was really kind of uninspired, and I really just wasn't digging it that much. Things pick up a little bit in Monte Carlo, and then once they leave the Monte Carlo scene, they the, the our, our main animals are on the run, and they end up traveling with a circus that is on its way to London that is hoping to impress an American investor at that show that will then take them to New York. So obviously... Our, uh, our heroes want to glom onto the circus and make sure that they can get to New York as well. When the, when the movie encounters these circus people, actually the circus animals, it really takes quite a turn, and I was surprised by how much more vibrant, much more interesting, and how much more fun the movie got when the, uh, the other characters showed up. I, in fact, I'm hoping that if there is another... Madagascar film, and based on the way this movie is uh, doing this weekend, I, I would find it hard to believe that there won't be. I hope they bring these characters back, because they really, they brought a lot more to the party than I would have thought. Uh, you know, and again, they're almost the archetypes that you expect in films like this. There's the, the, the gruff Russian tiger who doesn't want anything to do with these new guys, but eventually warms up to them, and there's something in his past that he's running from, and you know by the end of the movie he's going to conquer that and become, you know, heroic again. You have the romantic interest for the lead character, which is the lion played by Ben Stiller. It's a leopard in this movie, and she's, you know, doesn't want to trust him at first, but comes to trust him. Then at one point, they're going to lose trust in the guys, and they have to win back their trust. I mean, if you've seen any movie in the history of time, you know, you know, as soon as they meet the circus people, exactly how this movie's going to end, where it's going to end, and it was funny, I think I predicted almost exactly what was going to happen in broad strokes before I went into the theater. I have to check back to see what I said, but it, it I was sitting there going, yep, that's exactly what I thought, yep. However... It really is about the trip. Where they get to at the end of the picture, since it's pretty much a foregone conclusion, it doesn't really matter. You just have to enjoy the ride. And the circus animals and the environment they create, the little details in the in the circus tent and in the dressing rooms and in the train that they're on, really brought this movie to life for me in a way that the others didn't. And there's some genuine poignancy at the end of the picture where the animals have to make a decision about their lives, which... 
I think I also predicted earlier on in my uh, in before I went into the picture. But it is remarkably colorful, and there's there's a whole scene where they they put on their first circus as a new group after they kind of revise everything and try out some new routines that is genuinely visually stunning. Uh, it's really joyous, really creative and over the top, and I can tell kids are going to love this movie. And I think adults will find some really interesting things to enjoy, specifically with the new characters that they've brought in. Uh, in particular, uh, the Russian tiger I alluded to, or I spoke to about before, uh, Vitaly, who's sort of this gruff you know, doesn't want anything to do with these newcomers, and he was a grand, you know, performer, and then he had an accident, and he has to try to win back his confidence, and what was interesting was the voice actors they picked for some of these roles, I couldn't figure out who they were. You know, sometimes you can pick up right away, oh, okay, that's who that is, and that's who that is, um, but when I found out who it was who voiced the Russian tiger, I never in a million years would have guessed, and he does a wonderful job, and I'll leave that to you to find out who that is. I, 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 ask, I would ask that you not look that up before you go to the movie, because it, it, it does come as a genuine surprise. For me, however, and what was interesting, above all that, the villain in this movie was probably my favorite character in all of the Madagascar films, and it's probably one of the best villains I've seen in an animated movie in, in quite some time. It's a, uh, a French animal control captain, Captain Dubois, and it's a woman, and she is... I don't know how to describe this woman. She's part, uh, she's part, uh, you know, T-1000. She's part Bloodhound. She's part Cruella de Vil. She's and a little bit of EFP off. It's a very strange combination. And she is relentless in this movie, and she's a delight to watch because her whole motivation in the thing is she wants... She has an office with all these animal heads on the wall. She she only does she only lacks a lion, so she is just steadfast in wanting this lion's head for her collection. And she doesn't care what boundary she has to cross, or you know who she has to you know put in danger or whatever. She is single minded in this task. She's almost like Inspector Javier. She's got a little bit of that in there too, and uh, it's really I, I was surprised. And, and that's another revelation. I couldn't pick out which French actress voiced her. I was like, I, I don't know who this is, but she's great. But when you see who it is at the end of the picture, you're like, I, oh, well, that is a surprise. And she has my probably my favorite scene in the movie where she has to go back at one point to her office and rally kind of her troops to get to, you know, go get the lion. And they're all injured from previous experiences in the movie. They're all lying there with casts and you know, broken legs and everything, and she breaks into this song, which I, I know I knew the name of it five minutes ago, but it's the grand, it's the it's the classic song by Edith Piaf, which it was used in Inception, and she uses it in a way that just sort of rallies all their spirits, and it's like the it's like the first scene of French patriotism I've seen in a film in a long time. It's like she rallies their French spirit, and they bust out of their cast, and they all go, "Yes, we will help you," and. They go on their way. I was I was genuinely surprised by how funny that was and how interesting. I would not have expected a scene like that in this movie. Um, and in the end of the day, it still at times mistakes the manic for the funny, especially in that first part. And in the end, I don't know if it's like the most memorable animated film I've seen in a long time or anything. But it was definitely for me anyway a step up from certainly from the last Madagascar film, which I don't even remember. 
And I think it's better than the first one. I think this is more colorful, more interesting. The characters they brought in were all solid additions. And it has more of a heart. It actually calms down a little bit in the, the, the final passage of the film. Whereas it was started off very, very frenetic, it actually found some time to kind of chill out and actually let there be a little bit more character development and less gags being thrown at you every other minute, which has been a, a major complaint of mine in the other two films. Um, so, I mean, there's really not much more to say about it. Uh, I don't want to give away too much for those of you who might actually go out and check it out. I saw 2D because, as I mentioned in my previous review, uh, a defect in my vision does not allow me to uh, enjoy 3D. However, based on some of the sights I saw, I would be surprised if the 3D on this wasn't pretty Im impressive. Especially in the Monte Carlo sequence where there's one point where they teeter off the edge of the building and you look straight down to the the ground. Uh, the the even in, two even in two dimensions, the, the spatial dynamics really worked for me, and I wasn't even sitting that close to the screen. So i got to imagine there's probably several bits in 3D that work very, very well in this, but I will leave that for uh, those 3D viewers to discover. And um, so that's it. I actually can wholeheartedly recommend Madagascar 3 for anyone who just wants a good time at the movies. It's a great way to spend 90 minutes. Animation is very, very, uh, you know, fun. It's a very arch animation style. You know, you look at the mane on the line, and it's almost this trapezoidal cut. I mean, it's, you know, the straight lines are kind of very uh, arch and very, you know, it's a very specific kind of animation style. But it works very well in this picture because, like I said before, it's a cartoon. And it's a, it's a very well-done cartoon at that. So this gives me new hope that the series may continue and actually... If they keep these characters around, which I really hope they do, uh, there could be a really interesting next Madagascar film. Although the further away they get from Madagascar, I, I wish they weren't going to Madagascar because it has nothing to do with it anymore. But anyway, that's about it. And um, my fears were somewhat realized. A couple people did bring some pretty obnoxious kids to the theater, and uh, but they weren't they weren't that bad. And at the end of the day, you know, they, they did settle down a little while after the movie started. So, and interestingly enough, everyone was on time for this one. For Prometheus the other night at midnight, no one could be bothered to be on time for it, but everyone was in their seats ready to go when Madagascar started. So, you know, go, go figure. But uh, I still would like to just say one thing to parents. Bringing their kids out at 9.50 at night even on a Saturday, even on a weekend, to go see a movie that's going to rile them up for the next 90 minutes. Yeah, good luck putting these kids down for sleep, you know, around midnight. You know, any 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 crap that they give you from now until noon the next day, it's completely your fault. You earned it. So congratulations, and you suck. So that's all I, I can say about that. But Madagascar 3, thumbs up. Uh, won't make my 10 best list at the end of the year or anything, but uh, hey... For entertainment value, it's another solid addition to what, for me anyway, has been a pretty decent summer. Um, I've avoided most of the crap, so I haven't had to uh, subject myself to the likes of too many things that were obviously going to be disappointments. So, you know, between this, The Avengers, and Men in Black 3, and Prometheus, uh, some genuine surprises, some, you know, obviously big winners in many ways, and a pretty wide range of entertainment out there. So, we'll see what comes next. So, there you go. I'm going to end this on a positive note and not go on some crazy rant because it's Madagascar 3 and there really isn't much for me to say one way or the other about this experience. It was pretty much par for the course, um, frustration-wise. So, yay!
Well, adios everyone, until the next time, bye-bye. Oh, actually, wait, there was one, one thing I, I, I forgot. Um, this is just a warning, really, to anyone out there. In the movie, uh, and you've probably seen it in the commercials, the Chris Rock Zebra character at one point uh, really gets into the circus spirit and has this little sort of dance song number where he goes, da 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 circus da 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 afro circus afro circus afro da 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 polka dot polka dot afro it's actually quite funny in the movie and they use it several times and it's a version of it used in the end credits i guarantee you within the next 24 to 48 hours every kid under 12 who has or has access to a cell phone is going to make that their ringtone Get ready, because it's going to annoy the shit out of the universe. I guarantee you. I, I, I am not kidding you. I, this is made for being an annoying ringtone. Get ready. I'm sorry. There's nothing that can be done about it. But it's coming. And it, it, it's gonna, it, it, you're going to hear it everywhere you go. And it's going to last probably for quite a few months until the next annoying thing comes along. But it's coming. So just, just be ready. That's all I'm going to say. It's not a rant, just a warning. But be ready. You were warned. See you later. Bye-bye.